Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Ask the beasts, and they will teach you the beauty of this earth. These words were attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, patron saint of animals, whose feast day we celebrate today. The beasts will teach us the beauty of this earth. Today would have been Mahatma Gandhi's 153rd birthday. In his total commitment to nonviolence, he had a deep spiritual practice to love, loving no matter what. And he always included the animals in that love. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress, he said, can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Here is American poet Galway Cannell's St. Francis and the Sow. The bud stands for all things, even for those things that don't flower, for everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow of the flower and retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely, until it flowers again from within of self-blessing. As St. Francis put his hand on the creased forehead of the sow, and told her in words and in touch blessings of earth on the sow. And the sow began remembering all down her thick length, from the earthen snout all the way through the fodder and slops to the spiritual curl of the tail, from the hard spininess spiked out from the spine down through the great broken heart to the sheer blue milk and dreaminess spurting and shuddering from the 14 teats into the 14 mouths, sucking and blowing beneath them. The long, perfect loveliness of sow. With this poem, Galway Canal affirms St. Francis's very Unitarian Universalist affirmation of the unique spiritual beauty inside every living being. Though sometimes, he says, it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. I love the image of St. Francis with his hand in blessing on the brow of a mother pig, assuring her of her beauty. His words resonate across eight centuries. He said, all things of creation 
are children of God. If you have those who will exclude any of God's creatures from the shelter of compassion and pity, you will have those who likewise will deal with their kindred. There was a moment for me in learning a little something about living with dogs that I realized that when they misbehave, it's virtually always the human's fault. Our job is to set up our animal companions to succeed, not to leave the birthday cake where they can reach it, not to leave new sneakers on the floor, not to neglect to take them out, full stop. If I'm frustrated or angry, it should be with myself. And then realizing that, I thought we humans are animals too. We are called to reteach loveliness, to reteach loveliness to one another. This is a story of a man named Ben Wickman. His parents had immigrated from Germany to Iowa. He was born in 1932. He served in the United States Army during the Korean War. He came out, moved to New York, and became an architectural draftsman. He loved opera and classical music. And in 1983, he had surgery to remove polyps from his larynx and hadn't spoken since. For 17 years, from 1991 until his death in 2016, Ben lived in a miniature space in a third floor, single room occupancy residence in Manhattan above the famed burger joint, J.G. Mellon. People up and down his block came to know him. He had very little eking by on social security, but he gave a lot. He always patted people's dogs and admired people's gardens. He seemed, his neighbors said, unrelievedly happy. His heart, they said, was bigger than a mountain. His exuberant presence made East 74th Street noticeably brighter. His special friends were two doormen, Jorge Grisales and Juan Arias. They worked down the street at the Mayfair at number 207. Jorge had started on the midnight shift. Almost nightly, Ben ambled past, six-foot-something, trimmed beard, big smile. As he walked, he bent down and scooped up litter, tidying the neighborhood. One summer evening, he waved at Jorge, who answered, How are you? Ben handed him a piece of paper on which he had written, Hi, my name is Bernhardt, but call me Ben. I can't talk, but I can hear. And then a smiley face. Something clicked between them. Soon Jorge introduced Ben to his colleague, Juan. The three became fast friends. He charmed people, Jorge said. He always smiled. He never complained. He was just wonderful. He had plenty of reasons to be unhappy, Juan added, but I never saw him unhappy. Ben would bring his friends coffee and a Spanish newspaper. They talked for hours, the doorman speaking, Ben scribbling. In the early days, Jorge's English was shaky. That's why he worked the midnight shift. Ben tutored him. 
If Jorge mispronounced a word, Ben would write out how to say it, which syllables to emphasize with which words it rhymed. In this way, Jorge polished his English and graduated to an earlier shift. Every Thanksgiving, he and his wife had Ben to their home in Queens for dinner. Their two children adored Ben. Ben was family. Joan Gralla, a reporter at Newsday who lives near the Mayfair, gave him sweaters, hats, a yellow slicker. For years, she got him a ticket to the Metropolitan Opera, saying it was from her dog, Clementine. Ben would dress up in his best clothes and have the time of his life. Ben, said Joan, was just magical in bringing out the best in people. And then something amazing happened. Some called it a miracle. Ben was at the hospital for an MRI. He'd had prostate cancer for years. When he got up from the machine, he mouthed the words, thank you, to the technician. Except the words came out. He could talk again. Ben called Jorge. Hi, Jorge, it's your friend, Ben, he said in a deep, gravelly voice. Jorge said, I have only one friend named Ben, and he can't talk. This is Ben, Jorge, I can talk. Just then, Juan arrived to visit Ben at the hospital. He entered his room, and Ben said, Hi, Juan, how are you? Jorge says he almost fainted. Dr. Babak Givi, a head and neck surgeon at the VA, could only say, I don't know everything. Unbelievable things happen. Ben was 83 years old. The residents of East 74th Street rejoiced. Ben had a voice. Two months later, his cancer returned. The doorman visited him many times a week. They went to cheer him up, they said, but he cheered them up. He left me a lesson, Juan said. Be happy. Don't worry. When Ben died, he had no living relatives to bury him. Jorge went to the, the local funeral home. They agreed to do it for a deeply discounted $1,500. Jorge and Juan flyered the neighborhood to solicit donations, and in two days, they had the money. At the military funeral, an American flag was folded and presented to Juan. He ordered a frame for it and hung it in his home where everyone can see it. If anyone asks, he tells them he has quite a story to tell. He says that knowing Ben was one of the best things in his life. Ben retaught loveliness. If you love animals, you know that among your highest aspirations is to be the person your dog thinks you are. You know, as Alan Hamilton, author of Zen Mind, Zen Horse, writes, that horses are divine mirrors reflecting what we put in, curiosity, kindness, respect, love, so that we may feel it in return. And whether or not we know it, cats really do love their humans. Jackson Galaxy, a cat behavior and wellness expert and host of Animal Planet's My Cat from Hell, says, we're looking at cats through dog-colored glasses. 
or disappointed because they don't wag their tails or demonstrate in a way that humans innately recognize that we, they love us. But a 2019 study concluded that cats do, in fact, see us as more than just a source of food, forming attachments similar to those of human babies. Our animal companions can reteach us our loveliness. And we, human animals, can do that for one another. Some of you know this last story. One year at my childhood church in Concord, Massachusetts, my high school youth group served dinner in the parlor. Literally, we were the servers at a fancy fundraising meal for the high rollers. Harvey Wheeler was a beloved pillar of both the congregation and the larger community. The Harvey Wheeler Community Center was named for him. I was assigned to table number one to serve Harvey Wheeler and his guests. Things were bad at home. I was doing my best to deflect any curiosity and make sure no one knew just how bad it was. Except I was pretty sure Mr. Wheeler knew. He knew everything and some of my family mess was excruciatingly public. I didn't think my parents' behavior was my fault exactly, but I was sure it was my job to make good the family name and to keep the ship from sinking. There was a little paper tent at the head of the table where Mr. Wheeler was seated. It said, Kim, number one. I had been instructed to serve Mr. Wheeler first and then stand unobtrusively just behind him where he could ask me for anything he or his guests might need. Mid-meal, while he held court among some of Concord's well-heeled citizens, he casually picked up the paper tent and folded it flat at his place setting. He took out a Sharpie and wrote the word is between Kim and number one. Then he turned and handed it to me, an extravagant gesture of empathy and kindness. I still have that little paper tent reminding me of a time someone retaught a sad, frightened teenager her loveliness. Beloved spiritual companions, everything flowers from within of self-blessing. Though sometimes it is necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness, to put a hand on its brow and retell it in words and in touch, it is lovely. St. Francis said, the beasts will teach us the beauty of this earth. May we reteach loveliness. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. 
President Abraham Lincoln, a great lover of animals, said, I care not much for a person's religion whose dog and cat are not better for it. I'm with Abe. May we teach one another. Teach and teach and teach one another our loveliness. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.